Welcome to the show, Notes from the Underground. So we're talking to Reed because he was a member of the rock band May Blitz. First of all, Reed, you, you grew up in Victoria, right? Like you're a Victoria guy. Yeah. James Bay, actually. May Blitz was maybe 1969 to 71? I went to England in uh, December of 69, so it was 1971 and 72. First of all, just so people listening to this know, because you might not have heard of this band, but it was a very well-known um, band, I think especially in the UK. Like you guys, can you tell me about that? Because you had, had some pro- real prominence. Well, we were signed to Vertigo Records, and that was sort of the first progressive label in, in England. They had uh, people like Black Sabbath, uh, Rod Stewart and the Faces, uh, yeah. both of whom we did tours with. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, and, um, and a bunch of other bands that were great. Paddle was a band, I think they were signed to them as well, Mike Paddle. It was sort of a um, significant label for progressive music at the time. And you guys did play some pretty big, um, it seemed like you played some festival, well, you played the Marquee Club. Just played that, yeah, played the Cavern Club. Cavern? The original one. The yep. original Cavern? Yeah. But you saw, you played some festivals that seemed like a sort of multi-band that were quite, quite I'm the, thinking that Essen? Essen is one where there's a live recording of. Uh, and that was a bit of a surprise because we didn't find out about that until, oh, I guess uh, 2010 or 2011. I was contacted by somebody from Germany saying, are you the Reed Hudson, the bass player for May Blitz? And I responded, yes. Why? And they said they'd uh, come into uh, possession of these uh, tapes that were uh, recorded through the soundboard at that yeah. fest- festival. Uh, and would, would we be interested in having them released as a CD? Well, I've, we've got to hear them first. So, so he sent them over, and he sent a track. Uh, and he sent a track list, but he also sent a list of all the bands that were playing on the festival. And lo and behold, there was a band called Quiver as well. Quiver was a band that another fellow from uh, Victoria, Cal Bachelor, yeah. blues guitarist. Yeah. Uh, and I was actually at the time playing in a trio with him. This is here. And I did it because we were actually going to go over to Sweden as May Blitz. And so I was just trying to get my chops up. I hadn't played yeah. for some time. And so I was able to get the tapes from the Quiver performance as well, present them to Cal. So, uh, and just to, uh, Essen, of course, is in Germany. Germany, yeah. And there, there was, I, I don't have the list in front of me, there, there was w- one, like, a really well-known act on that bill. Did you say you toured with, with Black Sabbath? Yes, yeah, through Germany. Yeah, I can I'm, remember standing in, in front of uh, the stage, and there's Ozzy doing uh, Masters of War. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm one of about 30 people standing there. In fact... The record company in Germany took us out to dinner at the top yeah. of this high-rise building, and we said, where's Black Sabbath? And yeah. they said, well, pff, they're not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that was, it's funny how that works. And just before you move on, because I'm a huge uh, Rod Stewart in the faces, uh, I like that era. I don't like Rod Stewart when it got all... Uh, do you think I'm sexy later? But, but what was, were you t- playing in, in England with them? I mean, opening for them? It was always opening for them, but of course, Tony had played with both Rod Stewart and, and Ron Woods, right? 
Well, because he was in that on that Beck Ola album. Oh, right. That's, yeah. Oh, I have was, that album. That's a great yeah, album. Yeah. That's Tony yeah. playing. That's yeah. our drummer playing yeah. drums. Yeah. yeah. So, so he so, knew them. Yeah. I mean, and and in fact, before I went to England, I was listening to that record. I was always in awe of the guy. It's funny you mention Essen because on that concert, there's a record of it now, so it's it's recorded for posterity. It's not the greatest record or recording, right. yeah. but you can hear everything. And you can hear all the mistakes, you can hear yeah. strings breaking. Yeah. So for, from that point of view, it's probably a really good representation of how the band played live. It's so much more powerful than the recorded. Yeah, I know the, what you the mean. The studio recorded. Yeah. But in so. a way, that can be unfair to the musicians, because you don't hear what the sound... I guess it came from the soundboard. You don't hear it the same way if there's a lot of stuff going on, right? It yeah. is a good representation yeah. because there's all sorts of other stuff that was somebody had recorded from the audience. It just sounds like distortion. But I yeah. can remember yeah. one of those songs because I'm playing with two great guys here. Uh, Jim, who I went to, or Jamie, he's called now, who I went to Vic High with. Oh, he's from Victoria too? Oh, yeah. The, he and I yeah. were both from Victoria. And then Tony from England. Right. And I'm in between these two guys and they're just yeah. wailing. And I can remember thinking to myself at the time, I wish that my folks and friends back home could see me now because I'm in the middle of this and it's it's going up and up. Yeah, and they're, up. they're if both. If you listen to that track, Fire Queen in Essen, okay, it should really only be a four minute track. It's eighteen yeah. minutes long. Really? So it's basically in three parts. The first part with a couple of verses. Then there's a then there's a I call it the campfire part. Some percussion. We're both uh, both Jamie and. Uh, Tony are on percussion, and then I'm on harp, and I, yeah. it's the first and only time I've ever played harp, and not particularly good. Well, but but it worked. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I got through, and then the second part is actually, and part of that is a drum solo. After that, then is right after that is the, where, where I would play that on separately as an instrumental. It's yeah, just yeah. like fantastic. Is to call it psychedelic hard rock band? Is that? Power Trio, was that kind of the right way well, to describe it? Uh, yeah, a lot of people said, well, it's a heavy metal band. Well, it's not really that. Progressive, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the fact is, one of our problems, I think, was we were trying to encompass a lot of different music styles. Can you describe? Okay, so, yeah. uh, so I, uh, uh, Sweet, on the first, from the first album, is, is sort, of a, sort of a funk, funky number. Yeah, okay, so yeah, funk. Sweet yeah, is funk, yeah, yeah. and then goes into like a candy type uh, blues riff blues, in yeah, the middle, yeah. shuffle. And then there is a bit of psychedelia in a track called Virginia Waters. I don't know, it's straight up blues. Would there be any jazz influence? or The not? jazz influence comes on the second album. It goes into the breaks. It's it's straight jazz and the middle of straight jazz. It starts as a blues, but the breaks in the middle are, are jazz. In the reading I did, it sounded like so. I'm thinking of how the band got started, and it sounded like uh, drummer Tony, right? Yes. Tony was he fired by Beck, or they parted ways somehow? No, the, they oh. were on tour in the states, and uh, like Nicky Hopkins said, he was interviewed by. He said, well, "I don't know mm -hmm. if I'm in a band." each day that or was, not and it's because yeah. i guess uh jeff was uh had to get back home because he thought somebody was messing around with his girlfriend. oh yeah right and so they it just, just sort of fell apart kind of so yeah and so, then it sounded like so uh, tony and maybe his manager somebody said oh you should start your own thing and then but how did it sounded like he got a hold of james first okay yeah. so the way it worked was 
Dave Ray, who was uh, the manager that uh, Tony had hooked up with, was also managing a, a band called Baker Lou Line, and out of that band, so you'll see a lot of stuff on on the um, on the internet, which is nonsense about two guys, Terry Poole and Keith Baker, being the originators of the band. That's not true. Keith Baker was their drummer, and mm-hmm. he was the, the guitar player in that band was Clem Clemson, who went on to play with uh, Humble Pie first and uh, call a band called Coliseum. So Terry was being managed now by the David Ray, same as Tony. So yeah. he said, well, why don't you guys get together and we'll do, do an audition for guitar, guitar players. So they set up auditions at this pub. Jamie was one of the ones that came. What, what was he doing in Britain at that time? Well, <laughs> well, you have to sort of go back to why we were there and all of us were there in the first place. Oh, you were there too? Well, I went over there. I wasn't yeah. there when he did the interview. Oh, but yeah. beforehand, like I'd known Jim, uh, Jamie, uh, when we were in biology class at Vic High, and, and yeah. we were the two guys in a class of girls, and we were at the back of the class, and there was no hope for us. It wasn't our thing. So, <laughs> so we used to talk about music and stuff. We used to walk to town together, and you know things like the McCoys songs were coming out, and oh, what the, what a good beat that is, and. And so we, we, we just sort of jived, uh, uh, and then we'd do some playing together, too. CFUV 101.9 FM is Victoria's campus and community radio station, and we love supporting our community. If you're a nonprofit organization with an upcoming event, let us know so we can announce your event on air. Email the details to psa at cfuv.ca at least two weeks in advance, and we'll let the community know about it. For more information, visit our website, cfuv.ca. So you were already playing bass in well, high school. when we first met, it was, uh, yeah, I play guitar. Well, yeah. I played bass. Wink, wink, nudge, yeah. nudge. Yeah. But I didn't really play because that was yeah. what we were going to do. So yeah. I had a bass and I had to learn. And, you know, I started in playing in my stepfather's country band at a Legion. The Legion was on the second, second floor of the 600 block of... Uh, Johnson Street at the time. How old were you then? Were you a teenager? Oh, I was, uh, I think I was like 13 or 14. So you were playing, you and Jamie had played, then Jamie goes to London, I guess? Yeah, well, there's a bit, there's a, oh, there's a big yeah. history there before we went. But the oh. fact is, in our view, all right. the great music at that time was coming out of England. Yeah, in the late 60s, yeah, you, you've right? Got yeah. the, you've got like the, the Rolling Stones. Yeah, you've got the, the British invasion, right? Yeah, so yeah. It's all coming Beatles and all that. It's all happening, yeah. yeah even Herman. So Herman's he must have, yeah. So and he so, must have gone there to, maybe he wanted to be part of, you know, as a musician, that's where you want, where you want to be. We were all going to go there. My brother yeah. went over and uh, stayed with him first. And then I stayed behind, raised some money. Uh, and then I went over there because that's where we were going to be. Did you go over when you got the call for May Blitz, no. or you were you no, were I already just there? You just, yeah, Tony would have said, "Oh, you know, we need a bass," and Jamie would have said, "Oh, my friend is a bassist." It, it, yeah. yeah, the bass player that they had, they'd done a tour with up through Switzerland, and it didn't work out for yeah, whatever yeah. reason. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, of course, I was staying at the flat. I had my bass, so let's bring him up. He came up, yeah. so I, I think I had a, an easy pass there. And and when you first got together, the three of you, I guess there was some kind of audition or jam. Where was that, and what was that like? Do you it have? was out in Epping Forest, okay. a little church hall. And where's is that? Um, where outside of London, just outside of London. Okay, yeah, that's where yeah. we used to rehearse. 
Did it sound good to you right off the bat? Well, of course, I'm in awe of this guy, first of all, this drummer, right? Because he so, was kind of a famous guy, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, he'd come up with, oh, instead of doing that, why don't you do this? And I went, okay, yeah. sounds great. Yeah. Yeah, it works good. Was And he would be fun to play with because, I mean, he's a good drummer. Oh, he's awesome. He's like, an incredible yeah, just drummer. awesome. Yeah. I mean... He had played in that Sounds Incorporated before. Yeah, there's there's yeah. video of him playing him a drum solo at Shea Stadium on the Beatles show. Okay. And if you were Ringo coming on after that drum you solo, you'd be going, away your like, like, Ringo's Ringo. Like, yeah, he's, it's a different style. Nothing's going to shake him. No, right? yeah. no. No, he was good. So the thing was that we were going to um, England because that's where it was all happening. Yeah, So we got through all these different bands. He... he I, I after the country western gig I played at a place called the a go go club down in Worst it was twelve oh eight Worst Street. Twelve oh eight Worst Street. It was a bottle under the uh, table club. They yeah. sell the mix and the pot and yeah, the, yeah, the chips and yeah. they, you bring your own yeah. ball sticks yeah. under there. So I was fifteen at the time and yeah. I, I was playing um I was playing uh, bass with another fellow who just got out of the army, Dennis Shirk. And there was uh, there was uh, Don Crawford was a, was a, the black folk singer from oh, okay. from the states. He yeah, came yeah. up and he needed a band. So we did. in oh. fact we uh, did a gig on top of the sub building as really? Don Crawford and the Right People. And that, and that was, was after more... we had to rename the band because first of all it was called Don Crawford and the White People, and even at that time here it wasn't going to go down too well. Would that have been about 67 or? 66 or 67. Yeah, yeah. 65 or 66 okay. actually. So by the time you got to the UK, you 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 played in a, in a few bands, and yeah. and and I, I was just kind of looking at, at pictures of you guys, which are kind of uh, to me really evocative of the time, because you know you had you all had hair down to your, uh, especially you had you had a really good like hair halfway down your back look yeah. like and kind of yeah. the rock and roll uh, yeah. uh, thing happening. Yeah, yeah. we had yeah. we we had the look. Yeah, yeah, you had the look. No, I played with yeah. a bunch of bands, uh, mixed emotions. I played with you had some really great musicians here uh, here in town. Blues by Five. I played in that. Yeah, band. with John. Um, well, I, was, I replaced John Fisher. Jo- yeah. yeah, and John. So John. Norm and Norm's still around. He's Norm's a, still he's, in. He's, he's a great a fantastic guitar, guitar yeah. player. So, yeah. So, so you you were you were part of that thing. Yeah. So, but I mean, to be and in a, a band called uh, Sheriff, which was again was a great. I've heard band. of that band. Yeah. yeah. So you were in, in some quite well known bands. Yeah. But this would be a real step up. Um, aside from that kind of, for Canadians, glamour of, of being part of that English scene, you, you were part of this bigger rock world uh, yeah, and playing in, some, in front of some big audiences. Well, the thing is, so from Victoria, we were just doing what everybody else was doing, and there's great yeah. musicians here. I mean, there still is. There's some people here that I really look, look up to, and I think, man, I'd love to be that good. Uh, the fact is, like sometimes you've got to uh, step outside of your comfort zone and just go for it, and and I did. So the the thing that I'm most happy about now is I did, and there's a record of what I did. It's not going to go anywhere. You would have been about 21 or 22. I turned 21 yeah. over there. So you're a young guy, and and uh, did did your parents uh, approve of this? Well, my mom was on her own. She had a bunch of other kids, so okay. So I I left home when I was fifteen. So oh, so it wasn't like they were wanting you to go to law school. No, kind of, no you know what no, I mean. No, they weren't. Yeah. It wasn't like that. But she was happy. I mean, but if you look at those albums, the the uh, the first album, the cover, you know, and I I'm, I sent her back a my mom back a copy of that. First oh album, yeah, and I'm thinking. 
I can't see her showing all her friends that album cover. And and <laughs> and, and uh, I'm I'm just trying to recollect that cover. I think it was drawn by a cartoonist from New Musical Express. Well, it was uh, Tony Benyon was the, yeah. the guy. Yeah, and it's kind of a line drawing of a woman who kind of looks like a gorilla to me. No, she had a gorilla. She had a gorilla called. Um, uh, King Kong for a boyfriend. So oh, she was okay. huge. She was She's huge. She walked across the town, right? Like oh, walked okay. across it. Yeah. King Kong was her boyfriend. Oh, there's a whole story. Yeah. Oh, yeah, just okay. And um, yeah, but you know, at that time, that that <laughs> it so might the, not be PC now, I guess somehow, but but you know, at the time, that's that's well, kind of a fun thing. We and, used to run. There's a magazine. I don't think it's around anymore. Melody Maker magazine. Yeah. We used to run a three-panel comic strip every week. Yeah called May Blitz. Oh, is that where you got your name from? It was a result of the name being a little bit over the top for some people because this was 1970. The war had been over only for 25 years. Oh, so it is a reference. The May Blitz is yeah. the, the heaviest bombing raid that Germans did over England in the Second World War, and specifically Merseyside or Liverpool. So if you check that out, they killed 2,000 people, and there's all sorts of damage there. So, so maybe let's maybe had some negative connotations. But at the it. time when you're young, you think this is going to be a really heavy band. Leads up. This is yeah, it's that kind of yeah. idea. I was going to ask you because maybe blitz to me. I first I thought, what is you, that? Well, I thought like, is it like a, one of these? Like shopping, you know, we're gonna have a May Blitz. I mean, I thought well, I didn't, I didn't pick well, up on the, the, May, the May Blitz is a is a is a it's, current sort of thing that you would do in May, the month of May, right? Yeah, yeah. So May Blitz, no, the May Blitz was named after that that uh, that, that that bombing raid in in Germany, but we had to change the connotation, so it became this uh, old old broad basically, with a King Kong as a boyfriend. And we ran great. the comic strip. Yeah. every week unless we went on tour so if we went on tour into to Europe you'd see May Blitz walking into the English Channel say I'll see you in, see you in a month like it, it sounded like for example I was just doing sort of random reading and and like when you guys were rehearsing Tony was said Tony was using drums that he got from uh, John Bonham that's right and then it occurred to me that you guys would meet a lot of I don't know if you ever met him we didn't meet any of uh, didn't meet any of uh, um, Led Zeppelin, but you would have met some well-known yeah, Jeff Beck. Met him. Yeah, well, what we met was... all sorts of people. We played well, on all sorts of yeah. Our, the first band that we played a gig yeah. with was a little band called Supertram, and that was the first ensemble because right. it was two. Right. The one that became famous was the second one. So they were just kind of getting it together. And yeah, and they, they, that to... basically fell apart. Then the, yeah. the Dutch backer that was backing them said, well, let's try again. That's, that's right. Like the two main guys kind of came together. Yeah, I forgot right. the names. But yeah. yeah but, but, that, but, so the first band was, uh, was, was uh, Supertramp. They opened for us. That's and it was a church hall. Again, lots yeah. of church halls. Would you be but playing you colleges think, as well? Like yeah, that we church halls, the, college? Yeah, the colleges. Bedford College, uh, Guilford College. Uh, Leeds, we played up Leeds, we played Mother's Club up in um, uh, Manchester. Is it Manchester? I think it's Manchester, yeah. yeah. It's famous. It was Yes that was playing on that bill with us up there. So, for example, getting to back to somebody like Beck, I mean, did you did you just sort of exchange a couple of words with them, or did you have a, a chance to have a couple of just, covers? Just yeah. introduced, yeah. you know. I'm, okay. I, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I wasn't mixing yeah. or anything, because yeah. I was yeah. too shy at the time, right? I mean, yeah, it'd it was be like, intimidating. It was like, 
Wow. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. I'm going to keep my mouth yeah. shut in case I <laughs> stick my foot right in there. Something that kind of occurred to me and in, in, in the reading I was doing is, uh, and I mean, not to make too much of this, but this is uh, back at a time when, like, you know, people were kind of smoking a certain amount of marijuana. And, and then... And <laughs> well, it, it's funny. You, you would think that all these guys would, but their, yeah. their drug of choice was alcohol. Oh, okay. The English musicians, yeah. it was alcohol. Right. Anything. Interesting, eh? Yeah. Well, we played the first Doors show in Victoria, too. I was on that with a band called Blues by Five. Oh, I've heard of that. We opened That's that famous, show. That's isn't it? Yeah. And I was, like, Jim Morrison, not more than 15 feet from me yeah. in one of the old hockey change rooms. Yeah, and he was laid out on the bench, and I found out later he'd been hitting the bottle. Oh, jeez. Huh. Was it a good show? That's a legendary It was a great show. I mean, yeah. there wasn't a, 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 a lot of people there, by because yeah. it was when was it Light My Fire first came out. They, oh, they so to, first came out. Just coming out. As I recall, they started with, this is the end. This is the end. Oh, I know. <laughs> and then, where's his voice coming from? And then you saw him behind an amp with his head and he's got he's all in black leather and he's leaning on so kind of from behind the amp yeah it was so really kind dramatic, of really dramatic you know wow. and uh but but they were good yeah that uh, norm mcpherson was playing guitar at the time was he'd lent his guitar to i think robbie and when they were coming off stage norm was down the bottom of the stairs and they said, so we're going to the party. You come into the party, you have to put the room in. Yeah. Norm had to say, well, no, I, I can't because i got school tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> what, and what, what year was that again? I'm trying to... I think it, what, that one was 67. Part of the reason I was going to bring that up, uh, Reed, because uh, the tune, you mentioned uh, the tune, and we're going to play this tune on the show, Smoking the, the Day, day Away, away yeah. which I assume is a uh, reference to, you know, like... You it know, could be whatever you want yeah, to be. Yeah. You are listening to Notes from the Underground right here on CFUV 101.9 FM. Let's get back to Reed Hudson of the rock band May Blitz. The first song that really sort of turned my crank was uh, House of the Rising Sun by the Animals because I was oh. staying at my uncle's in, in Calgary. And when that when that organ comes in, yep. man, my the 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 shivers just go right up. Uh, that was like, a yeah, huge it still does. song. Yeah, it still does. Yeah, yeah. Like you listen to it, it's and, tremendous. Well, you, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking yeah. about, right? So th- there's some songs like that. Same with uh, "Shaking All Over." You mentioned "Shaking All Over" by the Guess yeah, Who. I still on yeah. my still on my. Uh, That's a fantastic tune. Yeah. So that would have an influence of you. You mentioned the McCoys. That would probably be Hang On Sloopy, I guess. It was, was exactly Hang yeah. On Sloopy, heavy yeah. on the bass and drums. Right? I remember all that stuff. Yeah. The, the, the track you mentioned, another uh, May Blitz track for Madman Only, that, and that's, that's, kind of, that's more of a hard-driving, uh, like I would say a hard rock. Yeah, like compared that, to, yeah but compared to the first one. Like yeah. the, the first and second albums were, were different because we produced the first album ourselves yeah. at Trident Studios. Yeah. And the second one was produced at Jordan Martin's um, Air Studios. We had a, a producer on that one. And the first one was uh, Tony Visconti, but he had another gig, and he went on to produce uh, David Bowie. So, so he was going to do that because there was a conflict. And, so, and in fact, he stayed with him right to the end. It sounded like commercially the first one did better for you guys. I think it did, and I, I don't yeah. think that the the second one was had enough exposure and, and people because there was more mixing of styles on the second album, and I yeah. included for Madman only because again it was one of it, when I when we were recording it in the studio it seemed so simplistic, but I thought at the time 
this song has got it. Like, oh, because I, it's so simple. Turn. It's been recorded by about five or six other people. I've got yeah. tapes of other people doing it. And yeah. the most significant one would be a Japanese heavy metal band called Church of Misery. This was recorded in 1971. There's, there's video of them in 2014 in Denmark. I think it's Denmark. They're okay. in a club playing this song that we That's wrote. That's pretty cool. And, you know, they're all headbanging in yeah. the audience, right? So I, I thought... It's, this is so, not elevator music. We did okay. It's like 50 years later, too. I mean, that's fantastic. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah. CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria offers our listeners programming that focuses on innovative. Diverse. Canadian. Local and underrepresented voices. Find us online at cfuv.ca. I'm just waking up slow. It doesn't matter if you are just waking up or crawling home from the best damn Thursday night of your life. Blues in the Morning has enough zombie, voodoo, gree-gree to last you through the whole weekend. Join Jim for two hours of blues in all its forms, Friday between 9 and 11 a.m., with a special emphasis on Canadian music. And remember, support live music. You, you, we mentioned the, uh, I was kind of thinking of some of the more high profile or the bigger gigs and we mentioned the S and is there anything else that comes to mind? Like anything that was memorable? I, I, I see you guys, it sounded like you toured with the Beach Boys. Do I have that? In 71? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, just, just briefly, they hated yeah. us and we got thrown off the tour. That's when we first went to the, the States. So the tour wasn't perfectly organized, so we took whatever we could get. So It, it reminds me of... Uh, the Birds didn't like us either. And oh, I, did you open for them as well? Yeah, and they were... And that was kind of a shame because they were always one of my favorite bands, the Birds. It sounds like a mismatch. Was it Jim? Uh, did Jimi Hendrix open for the Monkees or something that didn't go like that, for? That, that's right. Yeah. yeah, like a heavy band like yours to be opening for the Beach Boys. That doesn't sound like a or the, know, or even or, or even, even the, the Birds. birds. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, yeah. You, you'd want that uh, jingly jingly California song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, it, it is what it is. We did okay. So the most memorable gig yeah. that we did was in Boston. We were opening uh, the show. Yeah. There was a band called Dreams with Billy Cobham okay. on that band. He yeah. was second on the bill. And he had the Brecker Brothers on horns. They're famous. Oh, These yeah. are all New York session Yeah, players, that's the right? top jazz guys, right? Really yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. 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 the, t- the yeah. best of the best. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, opening show was Can't Heat. Or, oh, yeah. or the closing show, the headliner, was yeah. Can't Heat. I and mean, they'd be huge at the time. They were great. Yeah. And But when we went on, Tony and I went back to the dressing room and had a beer, and in those yeah. days we smoked. Yeah, yeah. Had a smoke. Yeah. And our um, roadie came up when we were just as we were finishing the beer, said, "You guys got to come back down here. They they won't let Jamie Jamie off the off the stage." And so we went back down there, and yeah, they had the, the they had hold of his 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 pants. 
Was he still playing, or they just no, went, he was just he, he was, was done, but they, he was they done, wanted, but yeah, he was. So just, you guys hey, were, you know, were you the final band? Or, no, we or just the, we're the opener. Oh, so that's a big deal. That was, was a big deal. Yeah. Unfortunately, there was nobody nobody from the press there that oh. didn't join it because if it had, uh, that would yeah, have a different. I mean, result. that could be a kind of a breakthrough moment. Well, Boston right? is yeah. a heavy, heavy, heavy. It's a good rock town. town it if is. You were yeah. touring band. Yeah, you guys toured all all over the U.S. or just a bit of mainly down the East Coast. How, so in Boston, like how many people would have uh, in the audience for a gig like that? It was probably fifteen hundred. It was a big, wow. you know just a big club. Yeah, but well, that's that's a, a great About twice the size yeah. of Harpo's maybe. It sounded like you toured in England. You toured in France. You, tur- you toured in Germany, Germany, Germany and and, and on the East Coast. Uh, obviously, uh, Jamie was a friend of yours, so you guys got along. And and Tony, I I don't know. From what I can tell, he seems like a not, kind of a nice guy. He had a, an issue. Uh, when he was touring with uh, Bowie, he had to he had to quit the Bowie tour because his marriage was falling apart. Because yeah. he was just letting things go. He had a, a he it sounded like he had a, a bit of a yeah a substance, cocaine, substance uh, abuse thing. It wasn't necessarily that. But, he's talked about it. But yeah, he's yeah. talked about it, and he's he's been sober for so long, and he's been helping other people with it too. Yeah. So we uh, in uh, two thousand and nine. Uh, we we did some rehearsals in Vancouver. We took some of our uh, yeah. royalty money and rented a studio over there. Oh. Stayed at Jamie's house. So Jamie lives in Vancouver now. Yeah. Were you going to play some gigs or just? Yeah, do no, some... we it was specifically yeah. to go to Sweden and we had a, a cruise that we could have gone on that was basically a tw- an overnight cruise between Sweden and uh, Denmark. I still got a poster for it. Cool, but uh, because uh, I think it was two thousand eight or two thousand nine, the the money crisis at that time, everybody was pulling that out, was, so they weren't yeah. going to invest it. But we did have a, a tour of Sweden open to us, so we were going to go for it. But it just didn't. Uh, it's kind of fizzled out. Yeah, it kind of fizzled yeah. out. The the yeah. rehearsals were great. It sounded good. But I had you seen Tony in it. Jamie and I saw Tony when uh, well he'd seen him more often than I had. But yeah. uh, last time was when they because he, he played with uh, the Everly Brothers for a long, long time, and they they came to Victoria a few times. So yeah, so we went down there one night. Oh, I think I saw the Everly Brothers once at the Royal. I wonder. Yeah, if that that's where we been. saw them. Yeah. yeah. So that would have been ten or fifteen years ago. Yeah, something. Like yeah, that. something yeah. like that. So so yeah, you guys we met went, up. Yeah, we went down there. But I'm talking to him on the phone. He's down in Vegas, right? He's one of my he Facebook lives. friends. Oh yeah. Right? So, so you're you're you're, you're, you're still in touch. I mean, to me, it sounded like the band did really, really well, but it it didn't get that huge breakthrough like, say, Black Sabbath or no. There, there was um, it, it was just falling apart, and it was you yeah. know, first of all, it was my fault, and then it was somebody else's fault, and we all got along pretty good. It yeah, was, it wasn't like it, it wasn't like that. Though. It was like yeah, well, something's got to change. We got to change this. But I think Tony was being pulled because I was at a festival in England when yeah. when I was I watched David Bowie approach him okay. and and chat to him. So and it was all hush hush. And I yeah. and I think at that time, uh, David was trying to get Tony to go play drums for him. And he did do some Eventually, work with yeah. him. Yeah, he's on the Rebel Rebel. He lets him play. That's drums. him playing. Yeah. I mean, he had a great career. Yeah. So I mean, that that would be a factor. He also went on to uh, well, you would remember he he did played with Bowie and uh, some other well known. Uh, he played for Crystal Gale when he went uh, after he went to uh, yeah, uh, Nashville for twelve years. And he talked about that. He, he talked friends, about that. His rock friends are telling him, "What what the hell are you doing, man?" 
I know. He but said, he, that was a good gig for him, right? That's a he fantastic got himself, gig. Got himself yeah. together. And the Everly Brothers were the were the root of all this music. They, they were the Beatles heroes. Yeah. Uh, so Especially for, in the UK, people are crazy about the Everly Brothers. And I, and you know, I, Buddy I, Holly. One they, of my favorite Everly Brothers uh, songs was Kathy's Clown. Oh, yeah. That's and a good song. I saw him do it, and there's Tony playing drums. Oh, that's pretty cool. Really cool. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. So it's really neat. I'm trying to think when the last time you guys would have played. So it would have been rehearsing for that Swedish tour. Would possibly... that was the last time we yeah. played? Yeah. And what what about after that, um, Reed? You you returned to Canada at some point, and did you continue? Yeah, I played for for quite a while. Yeah. yeah. And what kind of some great guys? Get any anything of note? No, I, we did some tours of BC and, you know, that. I played with a band called... Well, I played with some... The band's names I can't remember. One was Stash and Dave Gray was playing uh, guitar. Roy Reimer. Oh, yeah, he's remember Roy Reimer. Yeah. Bob Geddes. Uh, Gary Sawin, who was used to play with them. Or he was a drummer. Yeah. Uh, there was a bunch of these guys. And they were, yeah. they were really good. And the I bands mean, were good, right? When you came back... Did you come back, you know, like about 71 or 72, like that? After I that? actually yeah. came back for six months and then I went back because yeah. Jamie and I tried it again with a, with another uh, couple of, not Mayblitz, but oh, just a couple of other guys. And again, it didn't work out. So yeah. I stayed on there and I did a couple of sessions and stuff. But by that time, by that time, my wife, who actually left here, that was by you keep the cat and I'm gone. Oh, she was yeah. my girlfriend. Right, that right. Was the end of it showed up six months later. Yeah. And then I ended up marrying her back yeah. here when we came back. So yeah. we had our first daughter. Okay. And so once Kristen was born, yeah, that's... I thought I'd rather be back here. Oh, it changes you know everything, I mean? so, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So I. Yeah, yeah. So that that did change everything. The the band is uh, influential, I think, for some. Well, we talked about the the you know people have covered May Blitz. It is somewhat influential. I think it left a mark on music. Yeah, somebody told me about uh, Thin Lizzy doing an interview where they, they yeah. specified Mayblitz as yeah, one of yeah, the yeah. influences there. So, so, I mean, that's really nice to hear, right? I think it, if you listen to the band, you can tell you guys had something going on. And, and what what do you think made the band distinct, though, as you know, from other bands? Well, because I don't think we actually sounded like anybody else. Yeah. And I don't think our approach was different. I mean, if you... There's a there's a track called In Part on the second album, and it starts as bass, drums, and flute. Mm. Well, who does that? Yeah. Not not even not even uh, what's yeah. it? Ian Anderson does that. I mean, no. he's always got a guitar going. And that was a, a quite a experimental time. Like people were trying all kinds of stuff, and I think even for that time, you guys were really trying to do some things that were different. And it was different, and. It ended up coming into, again, a drum solo, but there was an extensive line, and I couldn't think of anything to play, so I just played the thing repetitive. Over yeah, and over and over. yeah, yeah. So then it turns out that in early 2000, some Dutch DJ took that track and turned it into something else completely different. Oh, like a remix or something? Oh, yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah. Hey, what yeah. a great arrangement yeah. of it. Yeah, it really yeah. is. It's but, called Mayblitz Funkified. That's pretty cool. I'll have to look that up. Really cool. Finally, Rita, kind of wrapping up here, I thought, oh, I wonder if your uh, albums, uh, like the LPs, are for sale on eBay. And I, one of them has just been bid up to $116. Yeah, I've seen yeah. them up to $800. Really? Yeah. 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 Is that because... I wish I had kept more. I know. Have you kept like a hundred of them? <laughs> yeah. well, would that be the very first pressings or whatever? Or 
the the first one did probably the first the first pressing and original. But the thing is, yeah. the second album was never released in North America either. Oh, so that'd be very rare. Yeah. I mean, you can get them on CD as both. Yeah, both you can get the music. Online. Yeah, but it's so. it's. Uh, well, thanks for doing this, Reed. That, that, hey, that was super interesting. Thanks again. My pleasure. <laughs>